Hey yo, Johnny Dumas here, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, and welcome to Team Engineered. If you're looking to lead a team of engineers or engineer your team for greatness, tune in now with your podcast hosts, Jade Green and Kyle Probert, and be prepared to ignite. So, tell us, what's uh, what do you think we should talk about today? Well, I think we should follow on with the team stuff because after our our podcast last week or two weeks ago, hang on, this week, I've had heaps of people talking to me about team stuff and what that means to them and how they're challenged with their teams and, um, you know, the, the idea of how do I keep my team on track and, you know, it, it seems to have ignited a bit of a um, discussion, which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I think that when I switched gears after we after we did our culture overhaul for you and I went, you know what, I've got to get back in my lane. Um, I've, I've kind of been running around doing the meditations, doing, doing just the business planning and just the social media and all of these things. And when, when we decided, you know what, this culture thing is the most important thing. Every, it's just been coming at me from every which angle and I've been getting so many questions and I know that you've been getting it. And the, the most important thing that I've seen out of all of this is how much happier your team is since we started basically this conversation. So yeah, it's been awesome. It's been so good that it's, um, we're getting more done. The guys are helping each other, the guys and girls, I should say, um, everyone's helping each other. They're communicating better. You know, everything is working better. And while we're starting to roll into a really busy time, they're on track. They're, they're helping each other. Oh, we can't get this done. I'll, I'll cover it. Or, you know, someone's stuck for something. I'll get it done for you. It, it's just been really, really awesome. Yeah, I love it. So what I would like to talk about there is the, I was re-listening this morning to the blinks of the Buddha and the Badass. Um, so Vision's book, the follow-on from the Code of the Extraordinary Mind. And it was around the Gallup study that had that said that employees were seven times more productive and engaged if they had a friend at work. Yeah. And it's like, oh. And I think people will have seen on my feed, I put up a post not too long ago about someone I'd heard say, fuck them, I don't pay them to be happy, I, I pay them to work. I'm like, I want to bitch slap the shit out of you. Um, but so many businesses... They, they, they don't think that, like they said, I don't have time for friends. It's not, this is not a place for friends. Um, what's your take on it? And how, is, how have you seen that theme make a difference with your team at the moment? I think um, anyone that ignores the research these days is just absolutely losing their own mind. Um, the, the idea that, that people should just turn up and grind and, and all of that sort of stuff is just so outdated. And, um, yeah, we, we, we've, we've evolved from there. We've really evolved. Um, as humans, as, as business owners, as entrepreneurs. And, um, you know, happiness really is that, that key thing, is keeping people happy, removing the hurdles out of their way and, and just letting them get on and, and be successful, tick things off, you know, actually have some success in their own world. Even if it's only I finished a spreadsheet today, you know, it's still there's a dopamine rush that comes from going, I got that done. <laughs> you know, and, and it doesn't matter what trade you're in or what business you're in, yeah, being able to tick things off, feel that dopamine rush, and then be able to turn to your mates and go, fuck yeah, we nailed it. <laughs> that, yeah. That's, 
that's the key. So my team, most certainly, um, you know, we're, we're, let's say we're three weeks in, four weeks in from um, a really big, let's, let's reshape all of this. And everyone's happier. Everyone's getting more done. We're having less hurdles show up. We're having less, um, less friction in the team. And, um, yeah, the things that I guess previously were a problem now just aren't. They, the hurdles are move, moving out of the way, whether that's um, you know, someone needs to get to a doctor's appointment. No worries, I've got your back. Yeah, you know, actually, I loved got- that. When we did Scrum on Tuesday um, and we were – we were actually planning out, you weren't actually in, in our scrum this Tuesday. So we we're going through and planning out who's got to do what and allocating um, the ripple recreators, your, your trainers to different jobs. And then one of the other guys was like, oh no, such and such has a doctor's appointment that day, I remember. And it's like in two weeks time or three weeks time, it's like, don't worry, I'll cover him. Yep. yep. Like, it's that care factor. It's like they're going out of their way to help each other. Yeah, 100% because when it's not just an, another person, colleague that you work with, it's actually a friend, you do care. You care about who they are as a human and you want to make their life easier. You want to see them win like you would with one of your real friends, right? They are a real friend, obviously. But it's how do you how do you foster and create that environment? Because we had, if you don't mind me sharing, we had, we had a bit of a situation where the, um, the group was a bit disjointed and, and there was some definitely not friendships. Uh, because there wasn't some bonding and there were some misunderstandings in ter- terms of communication and they weren't on the same page. What do you think, what are some of the things that people could introduce to be able to foster that that friendship environment or the care factor? So I guess the first thing is, is to lead it a bit. And um, I've, I'll openly admit that the last 12 months I haven't really showed up for the team the way I should have. And I haven't probably demonstrated enough care of each and every one of them because I had my head down focusing on, fuck, how are we going to find revenue? So the, the first thing would most definitely be lead it, like ask questions. Um, and I guess um, as I reflect on it, you know, it's something that I do care about. I care about the team. I care about what they're doing on the weekends. It's nice to hear that, um, you know, their kids are playing soccer or they went to the beach, you know, they've taken the wife out. Like th- these are all things that, that are actually great to hear about and it's it's – probably hard to reflect on that and go, oh, I let the, you know, I dropped the ball on that. Um, so just consciously engaging with the staff, engaging with the team, um, yeah, what, what is going on in your world? Um, and opening the space for them to, to be human. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I think that's, um, that's probably a key one. But the other one is making sure that they can communicate with each other. Do they understand how to? And that, that was for our team. That was the big thing. Um, they didn't. They they didn't actually understand how to communicate with each other effectively, and that kind of made it hard for them to communicate and share with each other. Yeah, they and that was it. Was more because they didn't understand each other's personality types and communication styles, right? And so yeah. one person's behaviour would trigger somebody else, or it'd be the story they were telling themselves about that, right? Uh, the Brene Brown one. I, I, it's such a good one. I've got the whole list of them up, the, the rumbling list I've got up on the wall. Oh, do you? And, you know, the story I'm telling myself, this is what I heard, those kinds of things. If we remind ourselves that, um, you know, what's going on in our own mind isn't necessarily the truth and 
if we can remind our teams that that's the case, uh, you know, like if, if you're working on a job site and someone's yelling at you, it might have nothing to do with you. <laughs> and I, I had this conversation um, with, with Brad earlier this week, and we're talking about the, the third space. So oh. yeah, the third space. Yes. Yes. Going think, home. Have we talked about this before? There's a we have a little the bit. third space. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. This is a great one for anyone listening that's and just anyone. Just listen. Anyone. And so let, the short version is the third space is the space between home and work or work and home. And having time and I guess presence of mind to separate the two. And with, with Brad, I was talk, we were talking about, you know, getting home and, and barking at the kids. And, you know, there's no reason for it. The kids are being great. They're, they're doing all their things. They're just asking questions or just being themselves and, you know, be, being snappy at them. And we were talking about not, you know, living close to work and taking work home means that the third space doesn't exist. And yeah. then we're home and we're still in work mode and, um, yeah, the other thing that came from that was having to make so many decisions in a day. <laughs> Decision yeah. fatigue. Yeah, well, I've, huh. I've had to, I've had a hundred people asking me questions and I've answered a thousand Done. questions. Don't ask me what I want for dinner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I've told that story about my, my ex and I just said to him, can you sort out dinner? I'm going to be on calls from 4 a.m. And I'm not going to be out of the room till 8 p.m. And I've just got a solid day. I just, if you could handle dinner, that would be great. What do you want? I don't care. Just make food appear. Like, I just don't care. Just make the food appear. You know what I eat and don't eat. But at this stage, I know when I come out of there, I'm not going to care. <laughs> I, walk, I walk out at like 10 past 8 and he's like, okay, so do you want takeaway or do you want me to cook something? I'm like, it's simple instruction, make food appear. Wait, 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 wait. I have no... There is no more thinking left in me. Like, please, make the food appear. I've got no decisions left. I can't help just yeah. plate food. Yeah, in face. Um, but I think what's really important about that is helping educate our team to be able to do that for themselves. So we had a really good conversation with your team about changing state and how they can um, make sure that they show up in their personal lives because, you know, the most important thing for us is caring about who they are holistically not just when they're at work and how how their lives are and being that ripple effect into their orbits as well so i loved that um, the time was spent going have you guys thought about your third space have you thought about like what you need to do to work day wind down so that that stress and pressure or anything that may have not gone great from the day because you know not every day is going to be rainbows and lollipops um what what do you do to be able to connect fully with your kids and how can uh, we support you so that when you leave here, you are disconnected and able to plug in. Yeah. And it can be something simple as turn the bloody notifications off. Yes. <laughs> and like, so my, my team, they've provided a smartphone and to some extent, extent they're expected to be able to respond to messages and emails. Um, really we have, and we're still trying to define this clearly, what's the one channel that they have to pay attention to the and then be able to switch everything else off. Yeah. Just switch it off. Um, and, and we're still, we're still getting that clear as to what that one channel is. 
And we will get there where we've got one channel. And if that beeps, then That's the one. by all means, make sure you're checking that soon. Yeah. Apart from that, switch off. And that switch off should sit for us. We're, we're not a 24-hour operation. So, you know, come 7 or 8 o'clock at night, once we know that our students are offline or if we've got someone on site, everyone's offline for the day, let's switch off. Just be out of it. Don't, don't be bogged down in what else is going on. Yeah. Well, that comes down to productivity in general, right? So if we've got our brains all too busy and it's going nonstop all the time, then it's you're not going to be ultimately productive if you can't be focused. So that's where that third space can be super handy. Like if someone's coming from work into the uh, from from home into the work environment, and they've got all their stuff going on, giving them that that opportunity to change state before they walk in. Now this doesn't mean if something's going on that they shouldn't be able to share. And that was the other thing that I loved um, is about that vulnerability and and being able to say to the other team members hey, I'm going through some stuff today. And so I might be a little bit delicate, but at least the the team has that tool that they can go, okay, what can I do to change state and do my best to, okay, park that, be able to be in the zone? Because if they can be in the zone at work and they feel like they've had a good day, that's going to help them roll back into whatever that situation is in the afternoon. Otherwise, if that hangover comes through the day, it just like lingers and lingers and it tends to like snowball, right? Absolutely. I, I think I spoke about this last time we talked where um, teaching people to fly, you could tell what the landing was going to be like from the takeoff. Mm. And that's, you know, it's the same analogy when you, you know how your day is going to end by how it started. If it starts off crap, you're going to be pushing it uphill to be able to reduce that and get it to work properly. So part of that's just awareness, just knowing that we're doing it. And that, that's the biggest key is, um, you know, I understand that I'm having a bad day to start with. You know, I didn't sleep last night. I had a kid in with me at three o'clock in the morning and I've had no sleep. I've got all this stuff going on and uh, hang on, I'm taking this with me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. Um, no, I, I saw a very sleep-deprived sister yesterday, so I understand the, ah. Um, yes. So... What's some of the, like, I'm, actually, I'm going to jump in for you. One of the key things that made your team feel safe to be able to share is when you opened up and were vulnerable with them. And I think that that's the key thing. We can't expect our teams to be vulnerable with each other if we're not willing to be vulnerable ourselves. And it's really got to be the the leader needs to lead the charge on this. And I think you, you either took some ownership that maybe um, you weren't showing up fully and fully present um, over the past year because you had your own stuff coming up, going on. And the story that a lot of the staff had told themselves about that was Kyle's in a bad mood. I've done something to piss him off. He wasn't happy with my work. Uh, shit, I'm going to stay out of his way Like because the energy wasn't there. But honestly, the instant that you said to them, hey, actually, I've got this stuff going on outside of work and it's it's not you guys, they then started to share but it allowed them to actually go, do you know what, where do you need some more help today? Or, oh, you've got the kids this week. Uh, what, what do we need to do? Like, oh, yeah, we won't hassle you on those days. Like, we, we want to support you. And it's like everybody rose. And yep. that's, that's, the, that's what we were talking about earlier. Like, that's how you create that, that friendship, that actual empathy. Um, mm. Actually, I, I just told you I tagged you on something on LinkedIn. 
Um, and guys, <laughs> if you're if you're watching on LinkedIn, just drop us in the comments if you've seen the um, Gary V video from this morning, and I shared it onto my feed because uh, one of my followers actually tagged me, and it, it was about tag a leader who gets it. And his whole thing in there was about you actually have to give a shit about your your staff. You've got to have empathy. And yep. it was about the leader having empathy and that's how you um, get higher productive teams and how you retain people. But more importantly, it's it's what makes them more productive when they have empathy with each other. And I just think this might be a good skill for life. What do you reckon? <laughs> Most definitely. It's... Um... I, I try and teach my kids about, you know, what, when, you, when you're getting something from someone, you know, when that kid is um, being nasty to you or whatever, just stop and think about what might be going on in their world that's causing that. Now, it could be that they're just they're looking for a reaction from you. And I guess for a kid, you know, like for a teenage kid, it's hard for them to think past this person's just getting a reaction from me. But... If, if they can just sort of go, maybe they had a bad morning. Maybe their brother and sister picks on them every day of the week and they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to get past it. So they lash out at other people. You know, um, the, the kid that you say hello to in the playground and the kid goes, why are you talking to me? But, you, know, you don't know what else is going on in their world. Maybe they share a bedroom with 15 other siblings and all they want is some quiet time. <laughs> don't be talking. <laughs> <laughs> but just you know, like you say life skills uh, getting the kids to think about what is it that might be going through someone's mind and that most certainly there are people that are just not very nice in this world but if we can have a little bit of empathy rather than judgment maybe that might make their world better as well yeah and that's a total life skill and in the in the office i think that's it's really important or the work culture is just to check in with your colleagues if they're if they're feeling a bit off ask them open the door for them don't 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 expect that they're going to feel willing to just vomit out what's happened but if you can sense that um if you can sense that their energy's off if you can see that they're maybe a little flat that day just reach out and say Hey, how's everything going? Do you can I can I support you? No, you don't have to tell me what's going on. But can is there anything I can do to support you today? Yeah, yeah. Now um, I think Brock did that for me um, on Tuesday. So Brock's having a few extra days off this week. He's um, clearing his own mind and having a bit of time with the family and everything, which is awesome. And um, you know, Tuesday I was just dealing with some stuff that was just doing my head in, just frustrating stuff. And he's picked up on it. And um, you know. He, he just said, and, and it's as simple as, um, you know, don't suffer in silence. Yeah, thanks, mate. I, I, I'm just frustrated more than anything and I'm just dealing with it. But it's, it's nice to know that, that someone else is looking out for you and sort of just saying, hey, you know, you just sing out. We can help. Yeah. Well, even that easy act, right, just by saying that you feel seen, you feel supported, and just that can help lower that frustration because it's like, okay, I'm not doing this alone. Like if I need to, and you know, it's not it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> um, you know, I think as a leader, we actually need to get out of our own way a bit and put our own ego aside. It's mm -hmm. um, it's very very easy to think I've got this burden that I've got to carry, and I'm going to carry it by myself the whole time. And you know, our, our 
team, if we've got a great team around us, and I think we'd all like to think that, the team's there to help take some of that burden. And it can just be simple things that take some of that burden away. Even if they know about it, they might just take some of that burden away. Yeah. Um, and I think as a leader, as a, as a boss, maybe as a boss, we forget that our ego is actually our, our enemy. Yeah, that's so funny. I, I recorded a podcast just before and one of the, the books that, um, that Greg recommended was Ego is the Enemy. He was talking about, um, and I, I got basically, I, um, one of my friends basically threw that book at me a few years ago when I was trying to make the decision whether to stay grinding it out with my recruitment firm that was killing my soul or to make this literal sea change. And he's like, it's, it's the ego that's keeping it. Ego is, yeah. And, that, and it wasn't ego from a, uh, I'm so fucking good standpoint. It was, I've tied my identity to this and I've attached this meaning to my life and I need to have this and I need to have the suits and I need to have the sports cars and I need to have the office in the middle of Sydney in the financial district and like that that's my worthiness and I think often bosses leaders think that they've they've tied their significance to or their worthiness to holding all of the weight and they feel like and this is where their ego comes in which is not necessarily the, the they're not doing it out of the negative ego of I'm you'll do as I'm fucking tired and blah 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 it's it's the ego of going Oh, what's he say about me? Am I weak? If I oh, I should do this because everybody else carries the weight of the world, and they're like, and it's more because people are too damn afraid to be vulnerable, um, and it's actually their ego getting in the way of them actually being able to say, hey, you know what? I can share this or share it with other business owners where shit's getting tough, rather than putting on that brave face all the time. So it's actually the much stronger man, human person person um that that is able to to share that and to actually ask for help or to um distribute the weight rather than trying to be the hero all the time Mm. and I, i was just thinking as you were talking about that where we moved from a hierarchy to a network in our org structure and really it communicates that message so much better you know it's it's not it's not um you know, this one person in one spot that's, you know, isolated from everyone. You know, we're, we're all in this network. We're, we're helping each other. And I think um, it just came to me as we were talking about it there that, that that network concept for an org structure rather than a hierarchy so just really it. helps to paint that picture of we're, we're all working together. We're all, you know, like um, the, it's a circle we're, and we're trying to create ripples. So we, we talk about the circle and the ripple effect and, um, as, as we try to get a better picture of that, how those ripples, when they interact with each other, get bigger as, as well. And, um, yeah, so this, this idea that we're, we're just, we're in a network. We're all joined together. We're all, we're all creating these ripples and we're all, um, you know, part of that bigger picture. So uh, it, um, to me, it, it, it's like a big warm hug. We're all giving each other a big warm hug. Yeah, I love it. I've just thrown um, your your version of an org chart, what we call the the alliance blueprint up on screen so people can see it. And you can see here, like Kyle and I are in the center here. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not even uh, a full-time uh, employee. I'm a, a plug-in consultant to the business. Um, but we're the ones that are driving, uh, we're leading the team for the change and the what, what's going on in the direction. But you can see we don't sit at the top. 
what we've got here is the scroll, trying to scroll the ripple creators really everyone else's job is to clear the hurdles for the ripple creators to get out and do their job because they're the people that are actually having the impact on the students and like uh, Kyle's team their their mission is to impact a million tradies to be safer uh, safer more efficient and more fulfilled, more in, fulfilled. Their engineering, in their engineering careers and so not that they sit at the top but you can see here even the image shows that we're all an interconnected web it's not that someone sits above each other and even yeah. the plug-in resources uh and some of the freelancers that are that are in the team are seen as equals and i think that that's a really huge piece and everyone's still like everyone acts as if they're a team it's not like us and them and it's not like well you're you're not an employee there's none of that going on like everyone really does genuinely care about each other that's um maybe that's a talk for another time but a really good point there is that our contract is a part of our team um and that that's been really really important to embrace them in that big warm cuddle yeah actually maybe maybe that's what we should do uh, in two weeks time when we do beer o'clock uh, drop in on remote team management and outsource team and distributed um, workforce as well that could be a great one um where was i going with this your i lost my train of thought because it was time for beer <laughs> it's time for beer that sounds can, pretty good i can so sweating oh so I'm, I'm on a slightly different one today oh, oh what's that so sugar sugar free preservative free is it yeah a new one a new one so Mine's i reckon sugar that's a, preservative free absolutely i think we, we need to appeal to the network that we've got listening and go sugar-free, preservative-free beer. Oh, I'm going to cheers you first before I take a sip. Ching, ching. Cheers. <laughs> uh, if you are watching, uh, drop into the comments what your favourite beer is and tell us if you know of any other sugar or preservative-free beer because or, or, or beverages in general. <laughs> uh, Kyle and I are on a rampage against uh, sugar and preservatives thanks to our wild fit uh wild fit ways <laughs> thanks eric <laughs> shout out to eric edmeets actually i'm gonna have eric sure. on the podcast again soon it's always hard to find the beers that are sugar free and preservative free and i'm more focused on the preservative bit because i know that the preservatives just play up on me um sugar's great but the preservative bit's the one that breaks me um so i'm always on the lookout for something new and i've got one of my other favorites is white rabbit and um the, ah. the big head one's quite a nice one as well. So um, I'm interested to hear what other ones might be around. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd love to have my uh, my horizon broadened for when I can't get my big heads because sometimes I can't. They're not, they're not everywhere because they're a burly big head, so they're kind of localised. Yep, yeah. yep. Now, I am still interested in good beers as well, though, so <laughs> I, I don't mind a, a, a taste of something else, but I, I like to know something as a go-to that, um, is relatively safe. Yeah, give us your give us your tip. Sometimes you've got to be naughty too, right? Yeah, Explode. absolutely. That's why Explode. I like rum too. Oh, now don't start me on the rum train because you know that my goal in life when I was fifteen was to grow up and work for Bundy Rum. I must say yep. that's the first big goal I ever achieved. 
<laughs> and the reason that they don't work, that that didn't really work for you, is the whole thing that we just spoke about for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. It's a... Uh... <laughs> It's a, uh, that's not really good, is it? <laughs> um, I'm actually just going to circle back because I think I remember what I was, where I was dropping in. Uh, when we were talking about clearing the hurdles for the Ripple creators and, yep. and what we've introduced in terms of uh, a structure and around Scrum. So, you know, we don't, we don't Scrum every day with your team. Um, because it's not a product development team that needs needs that, but it definitely needed to have that um, regular drop in. So talk me through talk me through why you love Scrum, and and then we'll talk about how how we've spun it. So it, it's quite topical it at the is. moment because <laughs> <laughs> it's quite topical because I'm actually listening to um, is it John Shoemaker that wrote the Scrum book. Let me tell you. Can't remember. So the book, anyway, I'm listening to that at the moment. And so it's really, really topical for me as we start to develop a more structure to our team. So loosely, Scrum. It's basically getting the Jeff team Sutherland. to talk to each other. Jeff Sutherland, that's it. So essentially what we're doing is we're providing an open platform for the team to communicate with each other and making sure that there is no um, nothing hidden. So all the information is available, the right information is provided, the picture is painted, um, and we'll talk, maybe we'll talk another time about painting success. Yeah. And, and you know, having all of that information in front of everyone and everyone communicating about what they're doing and what they're working on so that all the hurdles can be moved. And then the job of the team leader and realistically in my team, everyone but the Ripple creators, is to remove hurdles. So get those hurdles out of the way and make it happen. You're trying to show us something cool? I was, I was just trying to put Scrum up. Ah, there talking. it is. That's it. Great with yeah, it. I'm, I'm still, I'm still figuring out. Trying to figure out Ecamm yeah. at the same time. And I guess, so Scrum is written for, was designed for software development teams. And as you said, for a software development team, for them to get together every day, talk about what what was achieved and what hurdles came up. Because it's so dynamic, it's really, really important that you do that. And I think you and I were talking about someone that was running teams across three time zones mm -hmm. and needing that real rigid methodology to transfer between teams across those time zones. Like that, that boggles my mind to think about running the same project with three teams in three time zones. That yeah. just boggles me. And it doesn't matter what your team is. So it's for soft, it was originally created around software development, but it doesn't matter what your team is. The principles still apply where your, your team, the people that are doing your product and service delivery, are the most important, need to communicate really, really clearly with each other, need to take ownership of what they're working on. And that's a key part is the ownership that I'm going to complete this. So not... I'm going to grind away for three hours, but I'm going to achieve this. There's the dopamine hit. I get to tick that off and say, I achieved this. Um, and then the team leader's job, the management team, the accountants, the payroll, everyone else, their job is to clear the hurdles. So if, if I'm going to get a project done and 
I need fast, reliable internet everywhere that I go, then fast, reliable internet is what I need to give that person. Yeah. And that's got to be, and that's got to be paramount. It's like, okay, cool. What's the what's the number one hurdle? What do we do to clear it? Um, and if they're out in the field, being able to have that way to respond fast. Um, what I I'll just touch in on why they call it Scrum, and I think this is really important to what we were talking about before as well. The word Scrum comes from the the rugby Scrum, where everybody on the team is pulling together to work towards the common goal, and the the team is clearing the decks for the ball holder to get where they've got to go. So it's about figuring out with your team and the project, who's the ball holders and how do we clear the field to get them where they want to go? And that, that again, brings in that camaraderie. But when you think about a really tight rugby team, like when you, like, especially a social rugby team, right? You, every Saturday, Sunday, like you go out, you go to war, and you have a few beers after you share your war stories they're your mates and yep. you like you're there and it is a team effort and that's the that's the the conceptual version of scrum like that's why you want to have these scrums it's like radio who's our ball handler during this sprint who's our ball handler this week how do we clear the decks for them whether that a team or a, a individual and what do we need to do to get them to the finish line yep and I think um, when, you, when you listen to the book or read the book, there's a lot of things that certainly don't apply to my team. Um, you know, you, if, if you took that idea and, and just tried to implement it bespoke or you know, wrote word for word, put it in and make it work for you, I think you'd find that it probably didn't work for lots and lots of teams. But it's about the, the concepts around why things are done the way they, they're done. And listening to, um, you know, I can remember, <laughs> we'll divert a little. I, I can remember um, working in some projects where every day we had a meeting, you know, and, and like big projects and every day we'd have a meeting and the meeting would take, you know, half hour to an hour. And I can remember thinking to myself, why the fuck do I have to do this? I know what I need to do. <laughs> Just fucking let me get to what I need to do. So, and in hindsight, I can see that by getting all these multifunction teams and making them talk to each other and communicate with each other and at least hear what was going on, I had a much better awareness of, okay, I can't be over there today. I need to be somewhere else. Or at lunchtime, they've got a particular something going on, so I need to be out of the way. And, um, you know, now that I understand better how teams work together and why it's important that they can just hear. They don't have to be taking notes. They don't have to be, you know, right in the midst of it, but they can hear what's going on. And for me, with our team, we do it on a, on a weekly basis with a very short check-in in the middle of that week. And that's enough because our project isn't changing that much. We can plan a two-week cycle and, and we don't, you know, we're going to have a fairly consistent workflow in that two weeks. So a quick check-in in the middle just to go, right, where, where are we stuck who can help? But having that, that once a week, and it takes an hour. And, you know, the team, I know some of the team sort of goes, oh, it's taken an hour. They won't see why it's so important for a while yet until they start seeing all these, oh, I can help with that. I can fix that. I yeah, Don't worry about that. I've got it. You know, 
once we see all of that stuff coming out, the team will understand it. Well, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. There was only really a, there's only one really one team member that was not really getting it. Um, yep. Everyone else got it pretty pretty quickly because it gave them the opportunity to pull together. Because in our scrum, we've adopted not only scrum but some of the Buddha and the Badass, Mind Valley sort of methodology as well. And, and these things that we know that create happiness and happiness is the greatest hack to productivity and profitability. Yeah. And one of the key factors to human happiness is gratitude. And even leading with gratitude and starting the meetings either with like a, a, a breathwork or a gratitude session, it's the amount of love that they shower on each other and how that makes them right, rise internally I think has been a huge scene setter for for the team. Um, and I say like we, we had, you know, sometimes you have to lose a, a limb to save the body. The person that wasn't getting it was in victim mentality. And it was something, no matter what was done to try and help, when you're in the, when they're in that negative spiral, you can try everything, but if they don't want to come out of it, they're not coming out. And so it was a matter of, okay, well, if, if that's the case, maybe we have to lose the limb to save the body. Because everybody yeah. else was like, you know what? This shit is amazing. Like, we're, it's made a massive difference. I'm feeling happier. I'm feeling more inspired. Like, they're integrating the the virtues into the daily life. And it's like, how can we do this? And the, it's also allowing the space when we ask them, like, how are you feeling to to share vulnerably, for us to shop and, and share vulnerably and set that scene. So then that camaraderie is not only coming from, like, we're getting the camaraderie from from being together, um, yeah. with most of us zooming in um, yep. it's that showing up and it's that regular contact and, and how all the pieces work but that understanding of like the right hand affects the left hand whereas when the when the teams run individually and the human aspect of them you don't see that person so much they don't have an actual face yep. they, you don't realise if you don't do your shit on time how that's <laughs> going to impact this person so having those accountabilities and talking about where you're stuck or are we waiting for someone and, and everyone actually goes, oh, I don't want to hold them up and if I don't do my piece, it's going to hold them up or if I don't communicate and I actually care about that human because I know who they are now. Yep, yep. And, and just it's that camaraderie thing. It's the Nerf guns. <laughs> yes, the Nerf guns. Uh, share the Nerf guns. I, I did, um, I armed the Rebel today with a rather large Nerf gun. So Kayla now has all the weaponry she needs to fight the boys. <laughs> we do need to work on the aim a little bit. So the, I, it's the fun. So be fun, you know, fun focused. And um, we, we lost sight of that a while ago. We used to have um, Super Balls, tiny little Super Balls that we threw around the, the office. Um, and we, we stopped that for a while and now the boys have started bringing in Nerf guns and they're shooting each other with the Nerf guns. It's just a bit of fun. Kayla's getting on board with it. So, yeah, that, that's really, really good. They, um, they pick on Kayla just as much as they pick on each other. So that, that's the most important <laughs> part is that, you know, Kayla, that, you know, she, she's, not, she's not a part of that product delivery team, but she's still a part of the group, the team, the, the environment. So that, that's super important in um, fostering that culture. Well, what's funny about that is the reason why the Nerf games, Nerf guns came out was because in our scrum, we talk about what's the virtue you want to embody 
this week, what do you want to be nominated for upholding? And Brock said, I want to embody be fun because I want to bring the, I want to raise the energy and help everyone have a better time. And then it's like, I, I said to him, okay, how are you going to do that? And he's like, oh, actually, I confiscated some Nerf guns off the kids. I'll, uh, I'll bring those in and we'll shoot them at Hayden on his first day back after his, after his operation. <laughs> so it's quite um, funny because I just looked up, up the top here, up on the ceiling in the workshop, there's a Nerf bullet and it's a suction cup one. And when we oh. first moved in here, my boy Kobe had his Nerf guns here and was shooting them around at the boys as we're moving in and we had our Christmas party and one of them got stuck to the roof. So <laughs> seven or eight years ago, it got stuck up there and it has oh. not come down yet. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Um, what I do love though, that also gave us the opportunity because some, some people are probably watching going, what do you mean you're letting your staff shoot Nerf guns at each other? <laughs> um, but what I love is the guys take ownership. It's like, okay, as soon as you see it's not fun for someone, the game stops. So it's, everyone knew that they could go, you know what? Okay, not fun for me anymore. I'm, I'm done. I need to do my stuff. And everyone's really respectful of it. But yep. when we met when we met the next time, we were like, you know, what was the highlights of last week? Everyone was like, oh, yeah, that was great. We had a great time. Kayla had a gun. And it, it, that's, that's the friendship. That's the fun. Like, that's like, you know, Brock couldn't wait to come, couldn't wait for Hayden to come back to work. It's like, yes. Um, and Hayden feel loved and seen because, you know, they cared about him coming back to work. That's right. We, we cared about him. That's right. Um, yeah, a true friend a... shoots you in the front. Yes, that's right. Not just a true friend at all. I've just realized our, the comments aren't coming up on Ecamm for me. So um, the team has actually just sent me a few messages. Uh, so Ooh. shout out to Luke Farr. Hey, Luke. Uh, Luke wants to see some hydraulics in action, action since it's a Friday after all. Um, oh, and he, yeah. He, fluid uh, Friday, he, nice. Yeah, Fluid Fridays, we, we have that as well. Um, and he said Gary V for the win with the empathy. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Barry Sheridan as well. Hey, Baz, thanks for dropping by. Um, I've got, we've got a number of platforms going, so I can't see all the channels as, <sighs> as, we're, as we're happening, unfortunately, but uh, we'll get <laughs> back to you. We'll comment back to you guys as well, and hopefully the team will keep messaging me uh as we're as that's, we're going that's um, cool that's really cool maybe then, maybe next week i can set up something to move around for us <laughs> oh that'd be pretty cool that'd be pretty cool yeah um where else was i going with that where else should we steer that with scrum kyle scrum so I, I reckon the key points about the scrum idea is firstly communication so making sure that your team communicates and you force them to communicate openly. Um, and as a leader, making sure that you share everything transparently. And then I think the second part of that is clearing the hurdles for the people that actually bring revenue to the business. And that, that can be forgotten yeah. sometimes. Um, yeah, the, our, our ripple creators, they're the guys that are looking after the students. And you know, as much as the team is really, really important, our students are even more important and we've got to look after them. We've got to make sure they're right. So looking after the team, getting out of their way so that they can effectively and efficiently do what they need to do means that we can have a bigger impact. Yeah. And no matter what your your jam is, you know, whether, whether you do bookkeeping, whether you build houses, whatever it is, at the end of the day, the people that are actually doing the do are the ones that are bringing your revenue and you've got to support them and get the hurdles out of their way. Yeah. Um, so 
what I would like everyone to take out of this is definitely check out the book. Uh, I've actually been consuming Blinks um, for the last few days on Scrum. I just put Scrum in. Listen to the actual Blinks. Blinkist, if anyone's uh, listening, is a an app that summarizes books and you can listen to it. Um, and so I read that, but then it gave me like a whole bunch of other books that other people had summarized from it and how to integrate it. But the key thing is to go, okay, you don't need to follow something to the letter of the law. Like that was designed for the technology teams, but go, okay, what are the core elements there that I can apply and how's that going to serve my team? Because there's, and there's one of the biggest problems with Scrum is that people, and we run our sprints as well, like our six-week get shit done sprints. The Scrum is designed to make sure we clear the hurdles to get to the goal of the, the six-week get shit done sprint and to keep people focused and our three main uh, accountability items for the week that we're working on. The problem that most people have with Scrum is the leaders don't apply it to themselves. So they tell the team to do it, but then they throw shit at them. So even though the team's gone, right, these are my accountability items for the week. These are the things, number one things I need to work on, knowing my job, I, I, this is what I need to do. Someone just throws shit at them and tells them it's a priority and derails what they're doing. So if you're going to implement anything like this, you as a leader need to walk your talk. You can't yep. you can't just expect them to fall in line. That's been one of the probably big things for us is getting to a, a, a singular or as much as possible singular time where we schedule work. Um, you know, for the better part, week to week, we don't have to rush around and get stuff done. Um, every, every now and again, we do. You know, uh, Friday last week, we had to drop everything and get some stuff done. Um, but for the better part, we should be able to go week to week and schedule for that week without upsetting the apple cart, which then allows the team to go, okay, I have to do this. Um, not I've got to grind away for 40 hours, but I've got to do this, my three things. How am I going to get there? And they schedule their week, they work around it, you know, for the better part, unless there's time, you know, time blocks that have to be met, like training sessions, they can just go for it, just step by step, just go for it do what they do work in their flow work in their genius make it happen and we don't have to sort of worry about it and that's that was probably a long way to talk about schedule once and work out how often you actually need to schedule it and just do that once yeah beautiful um the the thing i love about it is the team is actually picking what they're going to be held accountable for so they're empowered and responsible so we're thinking about okay we all talk about where do we need to go, what needs to be achieved as a team. And then at the end of the meeting, it's like, okay, these are the three things. And if, a big, if, it's, if they've got big tasks, maybe it's only one thing that I'm going to be held to account for. It's publicly stated so everyone else knows not to derail them or how they might need support, which has also been epic when someone's all of a sudden been off sick. Um, like we had Joel end up being sick and, and the guys would look at the board and go, oh, shit, we've got to pick that up because otherwise the boat doesn't keep going. And yep. so we can redirect correct course and help and get that. That's different. the visibility part. You know, everyone knows what everyone's doing. So the visibility part is really, really good. And ClickUp that we're implementing at the moment, we're almost at the point where that works so well. You can see what's going on. You can see the gaps and you, know, you can see the priority stuff. If, if there's a problem, where can we plug it in? Where can we fix that, pick it up? Yeah. Um, does ClickUp have a chat? function yep. oh yeah 
Um, so for anyone that is listening, ClickUp is like Asana or Trello on steroids, um, kind of combined with Slack and a calendar, and it's like, woo, yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I think we're going to move our team over as well. Like um, Kay is actually implementing ClickUp for us at the minute, and we're going to move over. And I'm going to I'm going to work towards you know how you said one platform for emergencies, keeping all chat in to ClickUp and only. And they're going to have to groom me because I live in, as you know, live in WhatsApp and WhatsApp's only for emergencies so yep. that so that the team know that, you know, I can brain dump because I brain dump when I'm driving at crazy times of the day and click up. It doesn't mean I'm expecting them to respond right away, but I can then jump into WhatsApp and go, hey, can you check this card or check this in click up because it is time sensitive or if I'm the roadblock, which often I'm the roadblock they're waiting on something to be responded from, they can hit me in WhatsApp and be like, okay, here's the link, which my team is great for, sending the link to the card and saying, yep. can you go do this? Like, we can't move forward. And and that communication of I'm stuck, I can't move forward. Actually, that's a yep. really good, that's a good one to drop in on. Um, when you do daily scrum, that allows people to, to, to really be, it gives them the platform to do the I'm stuck. Um, oh, yeah. And we've had a few instances in the past that people haven't felt safe, um, not through anything else, just from outside programming to be able to, to say, I'm stuck because they thought that made them um, silly or that made them feel stupid having to ask a question or that they should be able to figure it out themselves. Uh, I think that's a really big thing when building your team and getting efficiencies is, is creating a culture where it is t- like totally accepted and expected to stick your hand up and say like there's no stupid questions except for the question not asked and like okay how do we foster that and it's really important we actually had someone in the team that made someone else just by the way that they communicated because we didn't understand communication styles high d when they communicated back in high d it made the other person feel like they were stupid because they're a high s so if anyone knows disc um and understanding that that's not necessarily the case and the programming may be telling that story but being able to go okay when someone asks a question you need to stop and don't react how you would normally react you need to think about what's going to serve and how it's going to be felt but what can we do to unblock because the team doesn't go forward if we just sit stuck or if we don't know how to do something or it's not done in the best possible way what do you have to add to that Carl? Yep, and that's so we we formally set up um, Thursday. So we we run Tuesday to Tuesday, and Thursday afternoon is our check in. So um, Tuesday morning takes around about an hour to get through planning, scheduling, the gratitude, and everything else. And then Thursday afternoon, and I reckon the team's probably picked up on it by now, but it's set 15 minutes before most people want to finish in the day. And that's intentional so that we've got 15 minutes to go through where are you stuck? So formally bring it to the table and, and, and I'm stuck, sort it out and, you know, what do you need help with? It's really, really good because the software allows us to park things, create a status and we've got a view that we can go to that says these are the things that everyone said they're stuck with. So it's really quick and easy to bring it to the top and go bang, 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 work through it. Just but it also because you can, because it's you've trained them to say who could potentially help me. They can tag that person, so they can see like this is stuck. Can you help? Yep. 
Yep. So it may actually get resolved before we get to the Thursday afternoon. So they can label it as, as stuck and say, hey, Brock, can you help me? Hey, Scott, can you help me? And that, that's, that's really, really cool. Um, the better part about that is that it means that there's not necessarily a need to go and interrupt someone. And th this is um, the good thing about asking for help is that we're asking for help. The bad thing is, is that sometimes we forget that other people have things they need to get done. So by being able to do it in the software and go stuck, so we know it's stuck, it's flagged as stuck, but also be able to put in, Scott, can you help me? I need to do this or I don't understand this. Or Kyle, you need to review this, review this document because you haven't done it for the last week. Um, <laughs> doesn't happen. <laughs> Same with me, right? Uh, no WhatsApp sitting there, please read this document. No, I don't have any of this. No. So it, it's really, really good that we can, we can still have that fluidity to say I'm stuck and, and flag that for the team, but also not necessarily interrupt over and yeah. over and over because that, that destroys team productivity. Yeah. And on that, I, I think there'll be some listeners going, I don't want people just like always asking questions and not thinking for themselves. But again, that comes down to your culture. So one of the things um, you integrated was ask better questions. So always ask the question if you suck, always ask the question if you need help, but ask a better question. So yep. it's like, okay, well, what's the answer I need? What's a better question to ask around it to get there and making sure that you're coming solution first. So you've actually thought about, okay, what could the solution be? I've exhausted it. Nope, I've identified I'm stuck or I think there's a better way than what I would do it. It actually serves the mission to go ask the question. Is it a, is it a right now question in terms of I do need to interrupt someone or is it a stick it in the system question? Yep, yep. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think to sit alongside that, maybe this is the key point for today or the, that moment, um, is allowing the team to trial something and make a mistake. Yes. It's, it's really, really easy to go, for fuck's sake, why did you do that? But I think, you know, within, with boundaries and, yeah. you know, like if it's something that's going to cost you a lot of money or put someone at risk or whatever, then by all means that's not an acceptable and that's building that expectation. But I think, you know, giving the team the ability to go, look, I, I thought this might work, so I've, I've burned a couple of hours experimenting with this and I got to this point. Yeah. And that might not be the solution, but it might be like three steps closer to the solution. So we've given them the space. And if we just go, well, why the fuck did you waste all that time? Why didn't you just come and ask for help? Mm. <laughs> that stifles creativity, right? And stifles innovation. Yep. And if you want to be a business that really pushes forward and you want to keep your team, you need to give them some creative license, some creative freedom. And that's what's real, like, when we're creative and, and it's kind of playful, then that also fosters happiness and contribution. So if someone comes up with an idea and they feel like they've contributed, like one of your guys just like when we were talking about being awesome, like how do we embody being awesome? Like what do you do? And he's one of the uh, more introverted people. And he's like, well, before I go into the training sessions, I go, showtime, bitches. And we're like, oh, my God. Fuck yeah. We're rolling with that. So Fuck yeah. yes, be awesome is the thing, but it's, it, it that became a whole thing about almost the third space, right? So the front door is like, your time, bitches. Yep, definitely. And 
how much that lights him up. I like, I see it when we're talking in Scrum and it's like, okay, at the end of the Scrum, we're like, okay, cool, showtime bitches. He's like, that's, that's my, that's, that's my contribution. <laughs> that's like, my thing. <laughs> that's my thing. Like, I am important to this team. I like, I am helping actually create this place. I'm not just a cog in the wheel. Like, yep. I am a part of this. Yep, definitely, definitely. Awesome. It's cool. I think we should leave it on that. Um, Most definitely. I, I think that that's almost the drop, mic drop moment, isn't it? I, I don't think I should drop my mic. I don't, you could drop no. yours, but you're attached to it. I'm attached to it, so that means I've got to hit the ground first. <laughs> uh, well, and I haven't well, had enough beers for that. No, I haven't even made it to the bottom of mine yet. No, I haven't either, but that's all right. It's only lunchtime. This is true, and I'm off to the pad for mine. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess for everyone listening, we need to know what beers that's yep. really important. Number and, one thing. And what do they want to hear us talk crap about in two weeks' time? Yeah. So we, we planted a seed of maybe it's um, how do we work with contractors, remote workforce, integrating them into team culture, productivity on that side of things. But feel free to tell us to fuck off and answer some other questions, talk about something else. Um, if there's any books that you've uh, read around culture, team management, productivity, or anything like that, we're like Kyle and I are kind of, I don't know, book junkies. So <laughs> yep. if you pop them in, A, if we haven't read them, we're going to get onto them. But B, there's we probably have and we can jam on it as well and we can extract out. Um, if anyone's super keen to join the conversation and wants to jam with us um, one day, also just say you want in and uh, we can have a look at how we can make it a three-way, a four-way. Or- Particularly if they're either in Newcastle near me or on the Gold Coast near you, near me. Or by we can go and set up somewhere and yeah, shoot the breeze. We sure can. Uh, well, I hope you get some waves this weekend. I, uh, I'm really hoping to. We've got monster waves coming. It's looking pretty good. Have oh, I had a yeah. very heavy surf yesterday. I body surfed yesterday because it was way too heavy to take the board out. Really? Oh, so I took the I, short board. You took the little board. <laughs> I, uh, this morning, I, we, um, we went down to the lake and uh, then went to the beach at sunrise. And oh, sitting there getting coffee, I'm like, could see in the reflection this right hand just peeling. I'm like, <laughs> Don't look, don't have time. Can't go surfing right now. And I'm like trying to walk to the car like this. <laughs> no, I think uh, last I saw forecast was for seven to 10 foot waves here tomorrow. So um, it could Shoot. be quite a nice weekend. Shoot. It should be some, some right-hand reef breaks will be uh, oh, pretty man. good around this area, I reckon. Is Brock going to head to Crescent Head? Probably not, but maybe I might jump in the car tonight and go. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I just spoke to Dad. We're gonna we're gonna Evans tomorrow, and he said that um, there was due to be a few waves there as well. So I'll be nice. Uh, I'll pack this one because I keep the eight foot six at Dad's, and I reckon that's not going to be the goer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Let's well, do it. Thank you so much, my friend. Absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll Lots see of you fun. in the WhatsApp, but we'll see the rest of this crew uh, on Fridays for beers. Nice. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Team Engineered Podcast. Are you ready to build a kick-ass team, weaponize your workforce, and live an epic life? If so, connect with us at www.teamengineered.com. And while you're at it, 
Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.